Always a fun time when talking to Bob Siganti, who is the PGA General Manager of Caledonia and True Blue. Listen as Bob gives us an inside look into these highly awarded and requested Myrtle Beach designs. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the Gimme Golf Podcast powered by Myrtle Beach Golf Trips. So excited to introduce our guest on the show today, Bob Saganti, PGA General Manager of Caledonia Golf and Fish Club and True Blue Golf Club. Bob, awesome to have you on the show. Meredith, it's great to be here with you and Nate. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And, you know, every now and then you and I connect on social media, but I haven't seen a lot of you. But I do want our listeners to know what a great guy you are. Do you know what Bob Saganti did for me when I won Mrs. South Carolina? He and his team and his crew there at True Blue in Caledonia donated fifteen hundred dollars to the organization i was running as my platform junior golf exchange it was the first donation that i received in the organization and we had an awesome group of board members as well Paige crib was on our board and we had um the president former pga president will mann allowed us to meet at coastal for our board meetings and we had a number of people on our board so you know what we did with that money bob we were able to purchase brand new golf equipment fitted golf equipment for junior golfers and uh it was such a blessing it was like a really good shot in the arm you know that was the reason why i participated and uh mrs south carolina is because i wanted to draw more attention and bob didn't really even know me, and you just did that for me, and I'm just so grateful, and I just want to acknowledge that today. Well, you're quite welcome, and it was uh, it was our pleasure, and you are an awesome Mrs. South Carolina, by the way, and um, and really, you know, we're, I'm just I we our team Bart Romano, if you recall, our PJ head professional down mm-hmm. there at True Blue, we're just the conduit for for those type of causes. Our ownership group, which is a local ownership group, Ponderosa Inc., um, a lot of I guess well-established families, they really encourage us to be charitable, right? Either mm-hmm. either with my support the local causes and support local things. And of course, I mean, selfishly, we try and tie those into marketing opportunities right. for us as well. But we, we're we always glad to help and certainly anything we can help um, with, junior, with junior golf and those type of causes, we're down for it all the time. So. Yeah, absolutely. You guys do so much. I mean, I could not even list what you guys do and I and I love your involvement in charities and whatnot but I want to go ahead and get into a list of accolades and awards your courses have received we're going to start with Caledonia one of the most highly awarded ranked and rated golf courses in the southeast golf magazine top 100 you can play South Carolina's best public golf courses in golf week America's best modern courses best courses you can play in South Carolina now we're going to golf digest america's 100 greatest public courses i know it doesn't stop best golf courses in south carolina top 100 public courses golf advisor top 50 courses based on your ratings golf channel matt janela's top 50 public courses golf week rank caledonia and dunes club among the best you can play for 2019 i'm going to stop before i even get into true blue this is insane Uh (laughs) that is a uh, embarrassment of riches um wow yeah, so uh, I think we're doing the right thing when we say we're annually ranked in most national uh, <laughs> national top 100 lists. But uh, 
that's pretty humbling to hear that. I can't take any credit for that. Uh, oh, come help. on. You can take a little bit of well, credit. Well, we help with the service <laughs> side. But again, it's really, and I know you're going to get into True Blue, so uh-huh. please embarrass us some more. But um, <laughs> that really goes speaks to the design of the properties. Mike mm-hmm. Strantz, and I know we'll get into Mike probably later on, the late, great Mike Strantz, who designed the golf courses. Sure. Um, again, the ownership uh, willing to, to pour the dollars in the golf course to keep them maintained and, and make changes as needed. And we've got uh, excellent uh, superintendents of both golf courses. We have a full-time horticulturist. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some resources put there that, that make all that happen. And what we like to think we provide a uh, casual but welcoming atmosphere by our staff. So, but thank you. you anyway, please go on and on and on and on. <laughs> well, you abso- absolutely are so welcoming. I would add another award that it's going to be from me, from a former Mrs. South Carolina, most beautiful golf course and entryway as you drive into the course, Caledonia. I think everybody locally that lives here knows that, and people that come and play the course out of town, everybody knows if you are looking for that low country site to see, you've got Caledonia. Well, we were can't, we can't deny that. Yeah, we yeah. were blessed. That Avenue of Oaks. Uh, that was that Caledonia itself was a, a working rice plantation back in the late 1700s, and that avenue of oaks, those oak trees were planted back then. So we're we're reaping all the rewards of that. It is a pretty awesome mm. uh, entryway. Uh, it's not quite a mile. It's a, I should know how long it is. About a half. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's really cool. You go down to the bend, then you make a right along the marsh before you get to the clubhouse framed out there. So. And even if you're not coming to play golf with us, if you just happen to be in Polly's Island on Kings River Road, which there's plenty of beautiful properties along there, Willbrook mm-hmm. and uh, Litchfield, Tradition Club, all you know, all of those courses there in the Waccamaw Golf Trail. It's it's pretty awesome, but that's a pretty special entryway. And it, it every day you drive in there to work, my office happens to be there. It's it's really cool and you always look up and you kind of say wow that this is really mm-hmm. awesome so, but you must you know when i was at the golf course you'd walk in the shop every day and you kind of take it for granted and then you're away from it for a while and you go back it's like man this is really an awesome place or when you have someone come in that hasn't been there they kind of re-engage with you and say man this is awesome i would take stuff like that for granted if i saw it every day but then when you step back and look at it it's got to be that's well, well I think we that. all do, right? As yeah. golf professionals, we're all golf professionals. We take we take the access to these beautiful properties all you know all over the Myrtle Beach area, whatever our home course is, and all these beautiful entryways. And and it's kind of golf is not a job; it's it's a lifestyle, right? When Correct. you work in it, right? So we, so we do have a tendency to take it for granted. And um, you know, I've always found that, and and maybe you two feel differently, but the way to really kind of reconnect is go out late in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Just by yourself, you know. Maybe you play two or three holes. You just kind of ride around. You just kind of look at things, you know, and you say, "Okay, this is why I got into this exactly. 25 years ago." You know, you put in all those hours and that sweat equity um, to just sort of reconnect with your properties, and then and then you know we take it for granted a month later, but then we do that exactly. again, and, and you just kind it's of important to do that. as golf but, professionals, I think. But exactly uh, right. but to see that through the eyes of folks who are just mm-hmm. visiting your property for the yeah. first time, I, I but your Nate, your point's absolutely mm-hmm. correct, and Meredith, your point's correct. Mm-hmm. It just kind of strikes you as like, hey, I remember the first time I came, you know, I drove through here, and, and the wow factor. There, oh so, yeah, it's it's yeah. off the scales on the wow factor, and I love that course, especially if you play in the evening. Um, coming on number 18 what a what a sunset you get to see and it's just incredible 
All right, let's go to True Blue. All right, Golf Magazine, Top 100 You Can Play, South Carolina's Best Public Golf Courses, Golf Week, America's Best Modern Golf Courses, Best Courses You Can Play in South Carolina. Golf Digest, Top 100 Public Courses in America, rated four and a half stars. It's pretty darn good, folks. And Golf Channel, Matt Janela's Top 50 Public Courses. Wow, you guys are just rolling in the accolades. Did you see when you started, Bob stepped away from the table to take a drink because he knew he had quite a lot of... Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to let her just keep rolling this off. <laughs> I shook oh, my Oh, please, hair. please don't stop. Stop, please, please. <laughs> more. Shaking my head. Yeah. So, you know, I want to get into, I mean, this is incredible. Um, it's it's got to be awesome being a general manager of these two courses. I want to get into your story a little bit about how you got into the golf business. How'd you get started? Um, well, I actually got into, I got interested in golf late. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in the Philadelphia area and spent a lot of time um, on the South Jersey Shore, a town called Avalon down there. And um, like a lot of Kids um, had gotten a group rental down there, started working for these guys, owned a restaurant, seafood market. Anyway, I got into that business, and these gentlemen were kind enough to take me into an ownership, a partnership position when I was just turned 20 years old, which was great because I really didn't have any money, and I was kind of, you know, I was putting myself through college, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, long story short was part of it, they had a membership to a golf course, a place called Avalon Country Club, which is still near and dear to my heart, and it's still operating up there, but uh, I got hooked on golf like crazy hooked on golf. You know, mm-hmm. all I thought about was golf all the time. Just wanted to be, you know, we weren't in the restaurant, which was a lot of hours. And, you know, all I was thinking about golf, you know, back in the kitchen, you know, I've got a spatula in my hand, I'm working on my grip, and, you know, we're doing all this crazy stuff. So <laughs> um, anyway, I had an opportunity to uh, come to Myrtle Beach. It was a seasonal situation after I graduated college. So we were closed by mid-September. And a PGA professional up there, Ted Winter, and Ted is still at the club up there, really kind of inspired me to get in the golf business. He says, look, he says, it's not everything you think it's going to be. It's not playing golf every day. It's not this. It's not that. So it's a lot of hours. He goes, but if you love it, he goes, you know, it'll love you back. And so um, anyway, I had the opportunity to catch on at um, Caledonia under Todd Weldon, who, who sadly passed away a few years ago now and Todd became a dear friend but he says look he says you know you're you're not going to make any money you know I need you to work as a starter ranger he says but if you're willing to put the time in he goes and you're motivated you know he puts you through assistant professional Mm -hmm. scenario and everything else so long story short I've been with Caledonian True Blue since 1995 wow Um, gosh 25 years 25 years and uh, actually I just thought about this the other day because I know you both are are um professional pga professionals or, or lpj excuse me if i've got that correct but i'm actually going to be my 20th year as a member will be in this august so congratulations um, oh, yeah yes. thanks Big so, congratulations so i mean it's not you know i just kind of it was sort of a second career for me so i traded one life of incredibly long hours in, in the mm-hmm. restaurant food and beverage business for another life okay. with incredibly long hours but a little little bit easier to manage that yeah. people don't realize back in the mid 90s in myrtle beach it was hard to get a golf course job it wasn't like you could just walk in i'm going to be an assistant pro i'm going to work in the pro shop you had to start somewhere you had to be like in your case starter. I was in bags. I came in closed carts, but yeah, it wasn't that easy. Yeah, and you know it's it's funny because you get no one gets in the golf because they think they're going to become wealthy or they think this this. You just get in it because you want to be around it. You love it so much, right? And well, at least that's the way it was for me. So I love this so much. I'm willing to 
you know, take an income hit and, and this different life, but this, this is what I wanted to do. And, and, um, you know, and I really don't have any less passion for it than I did then. I just don't play as much. When you're assistant, you know, you work all day, then you squeeze nine in or you play all the time. So you play, you play, you probably work, uh, maybe less hours now, but you played a lot more golf back then. But yeah, the early nineties in Myrtle beach was, uh, was quite quite a quite a scene. So it you must have worked two jobs. Did you work? You bartended as well. I did. I yeah, you did at Litchfield Beach. Yeah, Resort. yeah. Well, that's that's how I had access to golf when I originally started. Right. Yeah, I used to work at uh, Litchfield by the Sea, Webster's Restaurant, Tendon Bar, which mm-hmm. is Webster's is still there and still going strong. Still going. So yeah, I've got a lot of ties to the area. So um, it's 1991. You know, it's interesting as being all of us sitting here are golf professionals, we've we've had practically every job in the golf business. I mean, I've been an assistant, I've been a beverage girl, I've waited tables yeah. at country clubs, I've I've worked bad drop. The only thing I think I haven't done is, is maintenance. I still wanna check that off my bucket list. But it's, you know, when you get in, involved in the golf business, you're, you, you have to understand everybody's job. It does, it gives you so much more respect for the business when, when, when you get your hands dirty and you get in there and you're working long hours. Um, I, re- I remember cleaning carts. I remember putting carts up, plugging them up at night, working late hours um, as a kid. Well, it makes you a better golf professional too, to see, just to do that. And, you know, I remember all I could do was get a job putting carts away. But I said, you know what, I'm going to do it as good as anybody so I can move up. So that gave you that passion. It's like, I'm going to work harder mm-hmm. than this next, than this person. I'm going to get in the pro shop. So I think it was, I think it was good. It was good for me anyway. Oh, it was good for me. Way. Oh, it was absolutely that way. And it wasn't trying to, uh, it wasn't trying to get away from work. And as we try and mentor, you know, our young men and women who come into the business, right, they all come in saying, hey, I think I'm good enough to play a little bit for a living, but if not, I want to become a club professional and, and what's this all about? And say, so, hey, look, so what it all, what's, what, you know, what do you want to do? Always work above your pay grade, right? See yourself moving up, you know, always work towards a goal, you know, and, um, but to Meredith, to your point, yeah, if you haven't done every job in the golf <laughs> business, um, I'm not saying you're not in the golf business, but to your point, you know, the maintenance side is a little different. I mean, there's some, te- you know, they're just not going to let anyone ride it. Exactly. A triplex I've mower. Tried. They don't let I've me do that. Right, you right. know, <laughs> some of the little bit of maintenance I do. I mean, I want to hop on the back and just ride yeah. while somebody's operating it. Just yeah. Here's a weed eater, right? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. They, they give me, they'll let me have a blower from time to time and a weed eater and a pinch, but other than that, they're not letting me on any of the high tech stuff. And I don't play. I always want to try the speed roller, but they never would let, that looks so much fun. I I just want to ride on the machines. That would be fun. But, you know, while while we're on it, and I'm not trying to take your – but, you know, really the the backbone of any golf course is really the the superintendent and the maintenance team. Of course, it's all a team. I mean, you have to have the front Mm -hmm. of the house and the back of the house to work. But without – you know, they're they're really the stewards. They are are the stewards of our our golf courses and our properties. And really, you know, that's – it's always the golf course first and you know great customer service and everything right. else will we'll add to that but um you know they they really do a tremendous job sometimes with limited resources on, and mm-hmm. under tough conditions seasonally so uh, always want to give credit to those folks when we can oh absolutely and since we're talking about uh maintenance let's talk a little bit about uh course design let's talk about uh mike strands so I know that he uh, passed away very young, age 50. Um, That's really sad. I didn't know that until this morning, um, reading my notes. Um, Tom Fazio hired him from the grounds crew at Inverness Club in Ohio. 
Yeah. Um, anything that you, I could go through a list of his accolades, but I know that you probably know a lot more than I do. So let's talk about him. Okay. Well, I, I will say that I do and I don't. And I've recently had my eyes open to the, the career of Mike Strantz, even though I've always been around, you know, Mike because of the designs and the stories about Mike. But uh, a good friend of ours, I think we all know, Tim Gavridge, who now I think works for Golf Advisor. And I'm not trying to plug another company or anything, mm-hmm. but did an amazing um Biography right now. Biography on Mike Strantz and the timeline, the amount of projects and courses that Mike was involved with uh, before he even came to Myrtle Beach was amazing, including like Wild Dunes and mm-hmm. and other properties. Again, a lot of Fazio stuff. But um, yeah, Tobacco Road, Pinehurst, yeah. uh, Monterey Peninsula in California, Bulls Bay. Just did, to name he a did, few. He did Wild Dunes right during Hurricane Hugo, so I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Right. Well, Mike. Well, Mike's. Um, modus operandi if you would mike was a um, was an artist right so he would do he would do char he would do charcoal sketches of all his holes like how as he would walk the property or ride the property on a horse he did like to do that which was that's kind of cool if you can on, do that on a right? horse on a horse yeah he's wow. done that on some of his properties yeah wow I, yeah. I wonder like what that's interesting why a horse is it like that perspective is somewhat looking down, just seeing it from a different angle? Oh, I can't tell you. He's a horse guy, but there's a lot of pictures uh, with him on a horse. Now, I will say this. I don't believe he was on a horse at Caledonian True Blue, but I know Wild Dunes and a couple of the other properties, uh, Bulls Bay especially, uh-huh. certainly he was because Mike did live in the Mount Pleasant area. Um, so he would do, you know, uh, char- artist renderings, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was an exceptional artist, charcoal. And then he would say, "All right, guys, here's you know to his shaping crew, men or women." He said, "Hey, look," I said, "Here here's here's the hole. Now you know, put your architecture, you know, the, you know, get back into the real right. architectural designs." And they would go out there and shape. But Mike spent all his time on the property, like he was there the whole mm-hmm. time. In Caledonia was his first design. Um, did move a lot of property there. That's why a lot of folks don't necessarily equate. Uh, Caledonia with Mike Strantz because Caledonia is more subtle design. They move less than like 100,000 cubic yards of dirt, which is very little. Now, when he came back and did True Blue a couple of years later, that was a completely different story. I mean, you know, dug these huge lakes and ponds, a lot of mounding. There was some natural elevation on that property across the street. But you ended up with two completely different designs where True Blue is that wide open, wide fairway, sort of, you know, almost links but it's not hard by the sea style golf course where Caledonia is a more traditional parkland style course framed out by those beautiful live oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some natural, some natural mounding there and everything else. But uh, it's sadly, but yeah, I mean, Mike passing at 50 was a surprise to everybody because um, at one point um, it was golf week or one of the golf magazines rated Mike as one of the top 10 most mm-hmm. influential architects of all time. And at that point he had done, I think, I think he'd done like five designs or something. Wow. So, yeah. wow. Well, just incredible career. And again, the course layout on both these courses, um, phenomenal. Tell us your favorite holes at True Blue in Caledonia. Um, okay. Well, so a lot of folks go with well, the 18th holes are both interesting par fours. You know, the, the way the green sets back in the clubhouse. To me, that's kind of a given. I like to, if I go to True Blue, um, what I think really sums up the golf course there is the 13th hole. Um, and it's it's par four, um, a huge fairway. You don't necessarily see all the fairway off the tee. So in typical Mike Strantz fashion, he hides a little bit of that, right? Mm-hmm. 
So there's some interesting uh, bunkers on the left. There's a nice hillside there. And then once you get out into the fairway, the green sits up into this. Again, right, we're used to the low country. Everything's flat, but it sits up into this hillside. Mm-hmm. There's just some natural coloring back there, and it's a beautiful green. And again, it's got some great cross ties in front of the green. Uh, excuse me, cross cross bunkers in front of the green. And part of the green is hidden a little bit. And it's just always been a favorite hole of mine. I, and, you know, you look back and you see if you ever miss the fairway, say, how the heck did I miss that fairway? <laughs> I mean, that thing is 80 yards wide, you know, but you got this <laughs> massive green with a lot of interesting pin placements. So that's my favorite at True Blue. Um, you know, Caledonia, there's so many good holes there. Again, there's mm-hmm. such great rhythm from the way you start from the first two through 18. You have a sense of, of what the golf course is going to be like. And I'll go back to True Blue real fast. True Blue has 18 very interesting holes and very different holes. There, there's not necessarily the rhythm to it, right? You go, oh, this is going to be a waste area, you know, kind of Pinehurst number two, Pine Valley kind of feel. Then you get to like three and four at True Blue, mm-hmm. and you go, well, that's an island green. And that's a boomerang. Yeah, par five around. There's a lot of water features here. So, but anyway, skipping back to Caledonia, I would have to say my favorite at Caledonia um, is the 14th hole. Again, it it comes off of 13. It's a par four. T sets way back. You tee off across the water into just a nicely framed fairway, and then your second shot's an approach um, into a green that's framed by water on the left. Beautiful landscaping in the back. There's a nice overhang of a live oak there on the corner, which frames it out, and it's. You know, it's not it's not one that typically would say, "Hey, that's their signature hole." Mm-hmm. But there's so many good holes on I both know, properties, really so many um, that it's just hard to say. Like, eh, you know, there's really no, eh, that hole was okay. They're all really good, and some are exceptional. The last time I was at Caledonia. Um, I think it was, were y'all doing clam chowder or as walking out to the first tee, I believe? I mean, this has been about two or three years. Did you still do that? We absolutely do that. Yeah, there's a, it's called the chowder shack, chowder mm-hmm. shed right out by yes, the start that's area. That's what yeah. it's called. Okay. Yeah, it's right between, um, it's right between the first, well, it's right before you get to the first and 10 tees. Mm-hmm. So it's on the way to the turn. Um, it's just, it's just a funky little outbuilding. I love it. It's yeah, so cool. it's really cool. And um, we've got some really interesting interesting people that that serve the chowder up there we do make it it's homemade we do make it daily uh, i will say it is seasonal i mean there's a certain point in the myrtle beach area where you know you hot chowder on a hot day so usually about 80 degrees and usually by early <laughs> june or june 1st we're done for the season right. we'll start again in the fall but you know that's just one of the it's kind of a, a different deal here and i know you guys do it at pine lakes up here too but it's just one of those interesting things mm-hmm. that just kind of makes for a unique experience and what we often, you know, it's when we talk about it at Caledonia in our team meetings, social media, what we love social media, and we're trying to get good at and keep up with what you guys are doing here because you guys do an amazing job with it. But um, you know, a lot of times at Caledonia, like the top five things that people get excited about are the entryway. Uh-huh. Right, they get excited about the chowder. They get See, ex- I'm talking about it. I, I know. know. I get excited I, about it. I mean, it. they get excited <laughs> about the back porch and the 19th hole yes. experience when you're hitting your second shot in there and there's a big crowd on the porch and they're cheering you on or maybe they've got a little wager on how you're going to do. And, um, you know, and it's the clubhouse. And then finally you get to the golf course. I'm like, wow. And, you know, and everyone goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the golf course. is yeah. only number five on this top five yeah. list. I go, the golf course is a given, but the other things are really kind of what's make the experience there. Yeah, it's nerve wracking playing both of those eighteen holes for me when I was playing golf because there's people on the porch watching. They don't even know you. 
and it's like it's like that tour experience. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, geez. you got a little pressure on you. It's a little pressure, yeah. Yeah, and you have a great staff. I mean, everybody's so friendly out there. When um, I got some clam chowder that that one the last time I was out. The gentleman that served me was the coolest guy ever. He and I end up having like this 20-minute conversation, and he is a gospel singer, like a well-known gospel singer in our area. This guy's voice is like insane. It's what a hidden gem. I was like, hey, I mean, I was so honored to meet him, but it was really cool. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun. We've got some folks love to take pictures, right? You talk about like... (laughs) Hey, this is like selfie station. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> a given, station. right? I mean, it's like, and, and and the men and women who work out there, they're they're so amiable. They're just so happy to see everybody. It's a lot yeah, of fun are. for them, you know. And it's uh, they share great stories. A lot of them have great knowledge about the property or the area in general. Um, you know, they're all retirees or some fashion, so they've had interesting lives. Mm-hmm. And it's just everyone really enjoys that, and it, and it's really one of the things that. Uh, kind of helps set us apart from other properties, really. Mm-hmm, it really yeah. does. I particularly enjoy the food photos that you post because the food looks amazing. Oh, my gosh. I want to try the Eggs Benedict. Is that Have you seen lunch? that one? Are those your lunches? Usually, yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, it's obvious. Well, folks can't see, but I love to eat. So I, you know, I don't miss a lot of meals. But uh, no, and uh, we're, we're, we've always been really proud of our food and beverage facilities, and we've kind of doubled down the last few years to um, – sort of you know ramp up our menus and, and reach out more to the to the local audience you do pop. get a lot of people just come in for we lunch do. And yeah we're you know realizing that was an opportunity for us and uh and i'm happy to see that uh fgi and i saw that you know the big announcement by mm-hmm. chris king and you guys that uh uh i saw the piece the other day that uh paul zito and you guys are expanding your operate you know mm-hmm. ramping everything up with fgis and i think that's great you know, because golf courses need to be more than just golf, right? We need right. to be hubs in the community. We need other sources of revenue. Um, we recently got into the weddings and events business uh, five years ago, which has been very successful for us as well. So I'll mm-hmm. throw a pitch into that as well. But uh, we need to be all things um, right. to a lot of different people, golfers and non-golfers. Absolutely. And, and you know, you know, for us, when it comes to our new – uh, menus that we have at multiple courses now you know some of that was birthed out of the success that we had during COVID-19 when people were taking advantage of the to-go dining I mean I had so many people reach out to me and say the food is really really good and now they're just running with that and creating even even better uh, food items on those menus and so hey when something works work it right I think Bob hit it on the on the on the nose though. It's an, creating an experience. I mean, you have to create an experience, and you guys do that. I mean, you've got from the from the chowder and from all that. It's an it's an experience. It should be. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we try, and and you know, you always want to at least be on the curve or try and be ahead of the curve. You never want to be behind the curve. So we're, we've always been willing to try new things at our properties, and. Um, like fin scooters and golf, and golf that, yeah. boards and uh you know we we were kind of <clears throat> started in with social media when we can we kind of hack it around there um and, and but we have a good time with it and we try not to take ourselves too seriously um and now we're just trying to keep up with fgi and all our other partners in the marketplace but i think it's better for all of us right if we all look at our properties and we all look at the business that we're in because we're not just caledonian true but we're part of this amazing Myrtle Beach Golf Marketplace, mm-hmm. right, which exactly. spans almost 60 miles, right? And we're all partners, you know. 
uh, we're all together. We want we want this is the golf capital of the world, and we want it to be an amazing experience mm-hmm. for everyone who comes here. Whether you've been coming here for 25 years or it's going to be your first time, Myrtle Beach Golf is is for all of us, right? So whatever is good for Caledonian True Blue, whatever we can do to promote the marketplace or or, or help others benefit that, that only benefits us. So. We really believe in the spirit of uh, cooperation. Um, you know, it, it's competition out there. there. Don't get me wrong, but but if, if golf and Myrtle Beach is strong, Caledonian Trouble are going to be strong. See, I've always believed that people will continue to come back if they have a good time, and they're going to want to play different golf courses. And you want them, to, you know, if they're not playing your golf course, you want them to still have a good time. I may be on their list next time. I think that's important. So, like you say, I think we're all one. As far yeah. As hey, we want to keep them coming back. We right. want repeat visitors, right? Like Disney World, right? Folks go to Disney World all the time. They have different experiences all the time. We want to be the Disney World of golf. Can I say that? The Disney World <laughs> Disney of golf. World of golf. Yeah, I, probably, I probably can't say that, but I did. Well, I think it's great. I mean, you guys are staying on the leading edge. I want to talk a little bit about uh, your innovative approach to different vehicles out on the golf course, and we're talking golf boards and now the fin cycles. Okay. Um, well, all great ideas are shared, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't mind borrowing great ideas. And um, so when we you know, we were looking at the P, we were down at the PGA show, our team of professionals, Mark Gurdon at Caledonia, Bart Romano at True Blue, and myself, and we were, you know, walking the floor like everybody does, and uh, we saw the golf boards flying up and up and down the aisles there. So, well, what's this all about? And it's kind of like, hey, that looks pretty cool. And, and golf boards end up getting uh, – they were the product of the year that year, whatever year that was. And so, hey, let's think about these. Let's look at something like this. One, no one else in Myrtle Beach has something like this. One, we think it's a cool idea. And so, really, the only hurdle that we had to overcome was understanding. Everyone looks at that and goes, oh, that's got to be a major liability problem. Yeah. right? It's a major liability problem. Well, it turns out it wasn't a problem because our, not to get insurance, but Travelers has our our general liability policy, and the CEO of Travelers had actually played golf on golf boards. So he was from, (laughs) the CEO of the company was familiar with the product, and they rated the same liability as golf carts. It's like, boom, done. Let's get them in here and see what happens. And we had amazing success with them, not only from the rental standpoint, but you talk about a social media bonanza, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, videos and people out there having a good time <laughs> and that kind of led us into the to the fin scooter um situation you know we had a relationship with sun mountain who you know they own or that's fin, fins or subsidiary sun whatever the case may be but we sell their golf bags and everything mm-hmm. else and uh, they made a pitch to our our pga professional mark Gertner over there says hey we got this great opportunity with fin scooters it was a great incentive financially to do it and there was there wasn't even you know there wasn't even a hesitation you know hey let me call the insurance company guys are good to go boom send them in there and again it's just fin scooters are a lot of fun if you can ride a bike you can ride a fin they're awesome so how many do you have now we have eight and we're actually bringing in eight more true blue next month so we're going to be fully on board with fin scooters at both golf courses by mid July single rider golf yeah actually I feel like we missed that one a little bit felt yeah. like we should have been a little bit ahead of that but. Um, Matter of fact, I was leaving there today and going past the starting station, and there was uh, had to be a group of six. Well, maybe it was a group eight, but but six that six of the players were on fin scooters, 
And it's such a great photo when everyone's, <laughs> so awesome. everyone's lined up, right? Seen your it's stuff. like, it's you know, everyone's getting their Harley moment on, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, a riot. so cool. I love that. And, uh, you know, and they're not for most of the folks that are running those are really probably between the ages of 35 and 55. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like, you know, 20-year-olds. Not that they wouldn't rent those, but, I mean, it's really, I think, you know, men and women who probably may or may not have, you know, they may or may not have a motorcycle at home, but they just want to try something <laughs> different. All you got to do is pick your feet up and go, you know. It's so much fun. I mean, I love I love the, the golf boards and the scooters. I, I think I prefer the scooters instead. Of, for me, they're a little bit easier to operate because you have to have a little bit of manpower on the boards, and I don't weigh a ton, so it's like I have to really force for me. To, to move it back and forth. I mean, I can do it. It's still fun, but it's a little bit of a workout. The scooters don't feel like a workout to me. You're right. And it, it, you just jogged my memory because right after when True Blue picked up the golf boards, I know because I've got a great picture of you on a golf board that uh, they, it was it TPC that brought them in? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I actually like the golf board because I, one, I need to work out and two, so that, you know, that works a little bit better for me, but they're both great. They're both a lot yeah. of fun. Um, and it's just right. Single rider conveyances are going to be where probably this will be the turning point moving forward where that market will really pick up and increase. And, uh, you know, the great part about it, someone asked me in an interview the other day, as a matter of fact, it was on ESPN.com. If I can plug that, it was ESPN.com single rider vehicles. And, um, you know, they asked me about well, what 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 type of golfer, et cetera, is going to use these type of vehicles. And I said, believe it or not, said, it's really for a more serious golfer. And the guy says, what do you mean? And I said, well, look, it's not the throw a bunch of beers in a cart, you know, cigars, and want to be on your phone all day. You know, you're you know, you have to be engaged when you're a single rider conveyance. So you know, there's no coolers, and no, you know, you're out there, you got both hands on the handlebar, and you're paying attention to what you're doing. So. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with the other type of golfer, yeah. sort of the beers in the back cigar. I'm that type of golfer too <laughs> on certain occasions. But anyway, point being is that when you're on one of those one of those vehicles, you have to be engaged the whole time, right? I mean, it's you and your vehicle. You're not. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. No so, selfies. No selfies. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of yeah, selfies no when you're moving. No. Yeah, that's right. But uh, they are. It's a great experience, and it's a it's a unique way to see the golf course. And forget about the pace of play. Forget about it. It's 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 thirty to forty five minutes better if all four players are on single riders. Cool. With no obviously obstruction in front of you. Yeah, I want to get down there maybe sometime in the next couple of weeks. Anytime. And, and now and is the, the time. Scooters. Yeah, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the content that we've covered on your courses. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, we are a golf community with so many courses working together to, to and many times cross promote. And we've really enjoyed um, covering True Blue and Caledonia on various pieces. We have two phenomenal writers, Chris and Ian, that have done some amazing content pieces on your courses and for those listening you can go to myrtlebeachgolftrips.com you can go to uh, mbn.com and some of those content pieces are uh, the top five holes on your must make birdie list and also experts debate caledonia versus true blue love that one because that is a a common debate and down south stunning the best par threes of the waccamaw golf trail these are really good content content pieces um anything that stands out to you about those pieces on your courses um well one we appreciate ian and chris covering those they're they've got 
I don't can't think of any two folks who've got a better handle on the entire marketplace and and are creating interesting content. No, I I um, fully in favor of all of that. We're in for all of that. How about how, how about more of that? The, they had a hard time choosing the debate side. I'm trying to remember who took what side, but they had to debate which one. I think that was that was probably they had a bigger debate that way than they did actually well i will absolutely say this so, yeah. because i'm i'm um i'm nothing but honest and i don't i'm not sure i recall the debate between tribal and caledonia so i will you well thank you for the video. reminder <laughs> yeah i will look that up because i usually catch most of their stuff because yeah. i actually follow in on twitter and I usually try and keep up with Chris's posts everywhere so, or content piece. Anyway, I'll, I'll have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, but the really good content piece is there. Okay, so I'm going to close on this question. So for our listeners right now, if you were to create, Bob, your ideal Myrtle Beach golf vacation, let's tell the listeners what you would do. Guys, listen to Bob. He's amazing. Okay, here it goes. Dun, give, dun, dun, dun. Give, give him four golf courses. Four. Because we know, okay. we, we know which two. Yeah, we already know and, We already know his two courses are going to be included. Yeah. All right, so yeah. let's do four courses. Dream. Give me five. Five. Okay. I, I'll tell you what Fabulous I'm gonna, five. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a sideways plug in for the Waccamaw Golf Trail. Okay. Okay, which is uh, on the Hammock Coast, which is those. that's what we would call South End, Myrtle Beach Courses, Georgetown County. Um, so if I was going to put in, uh, for, for your ultimate golf package, so to speak, when I'd go with the golf courses, um, I'd go with Caledonia, True Blue, Polly's Plantation, mm-hmm. uh, Willbrook, and probably the Tradition Club or the River Club. I, I might sub that out. Maybe I'd do Tradition Club or, or River Club on a replay, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, would certainly... You know, I would consider staying at Litchfield by the sea. There's a lot of different options there. Polly's Plantation has some nice townhouses. Of course, uh, there's Inlet Sports Lodge, which is a small boutique hotel up in Merle's Inlet, which just happens to be owned by the same company that owns Caledonia and True Blue. But, uh, <laughs> but that's awesome because you're close it's to the That, that, cool. that puts you close fantastic. to the Marsh Walk, so yeah. that puts you in walking distance. And then really, Polly's is such an excellent restaurant town from casual dining to mm-hmm. upscale. There's so many different options there, so... I would just say, hey, you know, check out, you know, the Waccamaw Golf Trail and, and all that golf can be booked through mm-hmm. Ambassador Golf, too, and they'll take care of all of that. But there's some great two-round specials and everything else. So how about restaurant? I thought you were going to get into restaurant. Get into restaurants? Yeah, yeah just, uh, just pick your favorite restaurant. Oh uh, well, my favorite re- my favorite restaurant, and this is you know would be Bistro Two Seventeen yeah. down there. Now, of course, you know Bistro is a little bit more on the high end upscale, so I don't know if I'm going out there you know five nights on, on a golf trip. But there's some <laughs> great casual, great casual dining places down there in, in Polly's, and of course, Lone Merle's Inlet and the Marsh Walk. So there's just a lot to do in Georgetown County. There is. There really is. There's I mean, too much Brook- to do for just a four-day vacation. We have fabulous yeah, beaches yeah. and Brooklyn yeah. Gardens and fishing and all that. But if we're strictly talking golf, you know, you can't go wrong on just playing all the golf courses along Kings River Road and putting your package together that way. And you and, do, and you do a lot of fishing. We, yeah, you, I do a lot do. of fishing. Oh my gosh, I can't even. Yeah. As I'm thinking <laughs> you, you about that, I forgot about story. the TPC, which yeah. is just an unbelievable opportunity. With, and of course, the home of Dustin Johnson and his golf school and everything else. Yeah, so. I thought you were going to tell us a fish story. 
Nah, nah, all fish stories are lies. Man. <laughs> you know, I only have fish stories about falling out of the boat and you know getting a you know friend, a mutual friend of ours had a hook buried up into his thumb. Oh, David Kingsley, mercy. remember him? He's the oh, yeah. superintendent chef. Or, yeah, he had one a hook buried up there. So when him and I are fishing, it's just fishing follies, man. I like your photos. That's so funny. We're just happy to make it back to shore alive. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, Bob Saganti, PGA General Manager at Caledonia Golf and Fish Club and True Blue Golf Club. Bob, thank you so much for coming up here today and coming on the show. You just, you and your team down there do a phenomenal job, not just with the course and customer service, but what you do for the community as well. So it's an honor to have you on the show today. Meredith, it's been absolutely my pleasure. And I hope you and Nate and everybody else come down and play our golf courses real soon. We'd love to have you. Well, we're going to come down and do that.